What is the Virgo study? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Harlan M. Krumholtz. Dr. Krumholtz is the Harold H. Hines, Jr. Professor of Medicine and Epidemiology and Public Health in the section of Cardiovascular Medicine at Yale University School of Medicine in New Haven, Connecticut. Dr. Krumholtz, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Hi, Susan. Thanks for having me. What is the Virgo study? Yeah, the Virgo study is a study that we're launching at Yale. It's sponsored by the National Institutes of Health, and it's really going to be a landmark effort to try to understand the key determinants of outcomes in young women who have heart attacks. Known for a long time that these women are at increased risk compared to similarly aged men, and yet there's almost nothing in the medical literature about this group. And so we're going to begin the Virgo study. Virgo stands for Variation in Recovery, Role of Gender on Outcomes in Young AMI Patients. But really, like I said, it's a landmark study of really young people who've had heart attacks. Who came up with this idea? Well, we've been working for a long time in the area of trying to understand gender differences in heart disease. And in the course of that work, we observed almost a decade ago that there was this consistent finding that young women had a higher risk than similar aged men. They did worse. They had higher mortality in the short run, but also if you looked out as far as two years, it seemed as if that risk persisted. And yet we really lack an explanation for it. It's true that young women with heart attacks sort of break through their natural protection. Women by and large, are at lower risk than men. But those who have the heart attacks, paradoxically, it seemed, had a higher risk of an adverse outcome. So that observation and supporting it with a variety of studies led us to say that we really need to learn more about this group. And yet it's a difficult group to study because any individual hospital only sees a few of these patients a month. So we said that we really need to put together a study that's going to take the perspective of looking at biological factors, clinical factors, psychosocial and contextual factors and environmental factors to try to really nail this down and understand what is it that's really driving their risk and what then, obviously, can we do about it. And so it was out of that, and I would say it was an idea that emerged out of a large group of people as we began to see that this is an area we need to find more knowledge. How many women will be in the study? This study is going to enroll about 2,000 women from across the United States over about a two, two two-and-a-half-year period. We're going to have more than 100 centers that are going to be working with us to identify young women who are admitted with heart attacks and approach them about becoming part of this study. We're going to be interviewing them at the time of their heart attack and at one month and then at a year after their heart attack and trying to draw some information about how people are doing and not just whether or not people are surviving and not just whether or not they're avoiding additional hospitalizations, but what their life is like to the extent that they've really recovered, that they feel well, that they've been able to take back on their responsibilities, that they're not limited by chest pain or any other health problem. We're really going to try to to draw a good picture of what life is like for these people and what has been the trajectory of their recovery. And then ultimately, who's been able to recover faster and better? And what are the things we can learn about those things that will enhance that? What age will these women be? So we're looking at young women. We're drawing the age cutoff at about 55. And reason we're doing that is because it's really in that age group that women still are at a lower risk than men. If they get past menopause and get into their 60s and 70s, the risk of women begins to get closer to that of men, and the kinds of risks that they have compared with men become much more similar. 
But it's really in this group below 55, and even if you get below 45, that heart attacks are relatively more uncommon, but the women do worse. I do want to make one point about women having a lower risk of heart attacks. It is true that in this young women group, they represent only about 4% of all the heart attacks in the country. But because there are so many heart attacks in the country, over a million a year, this really still represents a substantial number of events. So that heart doctors have generally focused their attention where, you know, in older populations or on men. But in this young group, even though it's, they're at low risk, in absolute numbers, there's a lot of them. And in terms of deaths from heart attacks, there may be as many as 10,000, 12,000 that occur a year. This really does rival even anything like breast cancer or other diseases that we think are associated with women. So it is an important problem for young women, even as it's been off the radar screen of most studies. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me is Dr. Harlan M. Krumholtz. Dr. Krumholtz is the Harold H. Hines, Jr., Professor of Medicine in Epidemiology and Public Health in the section of Cardiovascular Medicine at Yale University School of Medicine, and we are discussing the Virgo study. Doctor, how many hospitalizations occur per year because of young women with heart disease? There may be forty or 50,000 hospitalizations that may occur a year. There, it's not an insubstantial number. Now, those all may not represent heart attacks, but young women in aggregate, that is, when you look at the whole picture, there's quite a few hospitalizations associated with it. Like I said, the issue really is that they represent a very small proportion of the total cardiovascular hospitalization and events. But cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of hospitalizations in this country for illness. So you have such a big denominator that even though the percentage is small relative to other groups, you get a lot of people who are affected. And this is really the sort of unfortunate thing that's happened is that because it's a small percentage of the total, it hasn't gotten much attention from scientists. So when you look at the epidemiologic studies, you look at most of the even the more basic studies, they've rarely had very many young women in their groups. And so we really know relatively little about this group with respect to how they respond to treatments, with respect to how their trajectory of recoveries are, or what are the factors that most influence them. One of the reasons we were interested in this study was because as we really thought about these women. We said, gee, you know, there's another aspect besides the biology and clinical care that's probably going on with them. Many of these women have multiple responsibilities. They often will have a job. They may be taking care of children. They may be taking care of their parents. They, in a way, can't afford to be sick, not just because they're making money, but because of the number of people who just depend on them. And that may be a factor, again, why they're not getting the medications they need, why they're not getting the care they need. It may be part and parcel of trying to understand what their situation is and why it's so difficult for them to be sick and whether or not they're even able to take good care of themselves in those situations. So we're actually collecting a lot of information about that, about what their life is like, what kind of support systems they have, who they're responsible for. No previous study has really taken that kind of view. So lots of predictors will be examined. Yes, yes. Is it true that young women have a much greater risk of dying after a heart attack than men of the same age? Yes, they have about, a, it seems like, about a 50% higher risk. And what's your hypothesis on that right now before the study? Any thoughts there? You know, I think we've obviously been thinking about this for a long time. The question is, do they have a biologically more aggressive form of the disease which really allowed it to break through their natural protection, the fact that they're naturally low risk, so these are people like that. Or is it because 
doctors don't really think about treating young women, as we say, aggressively, as sort of intensively as they do men. And so is this an issue of gender bias, even if it's unconscious? I mean, I don't think a doctor walks in the room and thinks that, but it could be that it's sort of ingrained in our system that we just aren't as aggressive in our treatments of women as we are with men. Or is it, like I said, this issue around the way their lives are constructed so that either because of financial barriers or because of responsibilities, they're just not able to do follow-up visits with their doctors. They're not being able to purchase the medications or they're not being able to take the medications as well. Or is it because some of our treatments that we think work really well because they've been validated in older populations and mostly in men don't really work as well in women? And so these are all various different questions that we're going to be asking to try to understand better how we can improve the care for this group. Will men be involved in the study for comparison purposes? Yes, exactly. There are also, by the way, not a large number of studies of young men, but this is principally focused on women. But we're going to enroll about 1,000 men who are under 55 as a more or less match control group so that anything we say about the women will be able to test and say, is this different than men or is it the same as men? And are there differences in the way they respond to the kind of recoveries that they have, to the treatments that they receive? And we'll be able to look at that very carefully in both groups. And you said you have over 100 sites? Right. So we'll have over 100 sites. We actually have some interest in international sites, and it looks like we'll be partnering with some hospitals in Spain and Argentina. But in the U.S., we have about 100 sites. I think that for any of your listeners who want to be part of this, we're looking for sites that are large enough hospitals that they have an open-heart surgery program. And that's also because as we enroll these patients in the hospital, it's a little bit of a problem if they get transferred. And many of the smaller hospitals transfer a lot of their patients. So we primarily want hospitals that aren't doing a lot of transferring out of the patients who have heart attacks. But if any of the listeners are interested, they could take a look at the website, which is virgostudy.org, virgostudy.org. We have information there about how to see whether or not you can become a site. How large is the grant? In some, it's almost a $10 million grant. It's going to go over uh, five years. It includes money for doing a variety of laboratory tests and as well as all the basic collection of data from patients and the follow-ups. And so it's quite an involved study, but we feel very fortunate to get this kind of support. Who makes up the research team? The research team is primarily investigators at Yale, but we also have investigators at a variety of other institutions who are joining us. And for people who are very interested in this topic, they should feel free to contact us. We uh, are interested in partnering uh, broadly, but we want to make sure we really leverage this investment and get as much information as we can out of this study. Here, Judy Lickman is a co-principal investigator with me, an epidemiologist at Yale. We have a variety of investigators from around the country. What's the best way to contact you? There's a website, virgostudy.org. Also, virgostudy at yale.edu is an email address, Study at yale.edu, where people will be able to respond to queries. But the website's also a great place to start to get information, more information about the study, which is, again, just virgostudy.org. Is that how the findings will be disseminated? Well, we're going to work very hard to go through various different ways to disseminate findings. By the way, we have a great partnership with the American Heart Association and their Go Red campaign. We're working very closely with them to try to put together a partnership and to try to make sure that We are disseminating information. We're letting people know about it and trying to get things done. But we also are working probably with the American College of Cardiology. We're working broadly with trying to partner with organizations so that we can get the information out. But we'll also use the website to distribute information. Tell us about the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women campaign. Yeah, this is a really great program where they're trying to 
they use a platform of a national campaign to raise awareness about heart disease in women. And this is one of the first times they've actually partnered with a study to try to help generate knowledge about this. And they are linked with organizations all around the country, and their principal effort is to try to help educate and to people to learn more about heart disease and to ensure that women who really have largely been in the past a neglected group in heart disease, women can realize in particular what they can do to lower the risk and improve outcomes and to stay healthy. So this is a wonderful program that they do, and we're so pleased to be working with them. Dr. Krumholtz, thank you so much for joining us to discuss the Virgo study. Oh, thanks so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions at ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of the ReachMD library. Thank you for listening.